Alright, Crypto here once again, ladies and gentlemen, what is up? So, doing a monologue podcast uh, till I find that perfect podcast partner, but today I did want to just do a podcast, which is interesting because usually I take my YouTube content and slap it on my podcast, however, there's a few points I wanted to cover, so I wanted to talk about some calls that uh, I've made on my YouTube channel. And sometimes, guys and girls, I get excited. You know me. I talk about projects that I think are going to do really well. And some some of them definitely do, but some of them definitely don't. So let me just re-disclaim my financial disclaimer, which is that I'm not a financial advisor in any way, shape, or form. So I was looking back at my videos, and I realized that right before, uh, I guess it would have been maybe late to mid-August, I started to talk, I started to dip my toes, I started to, I started to do some content around CNFTs. So one of the trends that I saw coming was these Cardano NFTs. And some of the prices in my first videos I'm looking at, I'm like, wow, that was a home run. Basically, I thought that it was time to jump in. So a few projects that have done extremely well include Dead Pixels, include Space Buds, include Clay Nation. I remember talking about Clay Nation at around 60 ADA. The floor price is still well above 1,000 ADA. Dead Pixels around 40 ADA. The floor price is around 800 ADA. And if you don't know, ADA stands for Cardano. But um, there was definitely some projects that you know, haven't bloomed, one of which was viral NFTs. They did manage to release their super viruses and part of their lore is to build out viruses, super viruses, antibodies, and super antibodies. And we're just not sure if that NFT series will be able to do it. Another thing I usually mention is that what's really going to be the differentiator is, of course, the utility. The reasons why dead pixels and claymates Clay Nation claymates were such a huge home run was because you see with owning one Clay Nation claymate you have access to an exclusive type of environment which is called Clay Nation now what that looks like what that will be we've yet to see for now I could definitely see why you know my boomer uh, friends (laughs) who are a little bit older and a little bit more, you know, wary of what the heck is going on with NFTs would be hesitant to invest. And with dead pixels, it's actually a completely different type of NFT that we've never really seen before with it being built with HTML. And basically each dead pixel is literally like a um, website. So a website that you have access to without ever needing to pay for the domain. And by owning that dead pixel, you essentially own that website. It's kind of a little bit more interesting than that, but refer to my earlier videos to see more. I also did an interview with the founder of dead pixels as well. And that would be a good podcast if you have time to check out. So another thing too, that I called was or really what gate got me to where I'm at, which is at 4.57 thousand subscribers on YouTube, 
not a huge number, but definitely I'm happy with it because we're continuing to grow and put out content on a consistent basis. And I didn't want to grow too fast because I know that things that grow fast usually don't don't last long. If there's anything from crypto that I've learned, it's that. That's for sure. So here's the deal. I wanted to talk about my latest pick, which was Lion Legends real quick. And Lion Legends, I put on my channel that I thought it was about to explode. And it kind of did. The floor price moved to like 30 or 40 ADA. But now it's all the way back down to like 90 ADA. But listen, I'm going to probably release another YouTube. When I say I think it's going to explode, I'm never 100% sure. I am holding my own Lion Legend. I just wanted to get this project on people's radars. I do think it's still um, something that I'm going to continue to hold until I can make a substantial amount of profit. And I'll cue you guys in on what happens there. In fact, I might buy my second Lion Legend at a lower floor price today just because you never know. The The utility just isn't really there, so it's definitely a little bit more of a of a bet than it is an investment. <laughs> However, some of my more investor type mindset NFT projects are actually ones building IP and partnering with other NFT projects. So something like ADA and all these projects I'm talking about today, by the way, are Cardano NFTs that have already launched. You can already buy them on cnft.io, so on and so forth. I'm going to continue buying up ADA Ninjas their goal is to make an IP. They already are making a manga. If you guys are familiar with anime, with anime, you build a manga, which is kind of like a comic book, and then you release an actual anime. So the manga comes first. The other project that I'm interested in, full disclosure, is Dirtbirds. Dirtbirds is developing a story. Their community is wild. It's rampant. It's crazy. They make the dankest memes on all of Cardano, which is a very healthy sign of an ecosystem forming. And they're already collabed with some of the biggest projects in the space in their latest launch of Derp Eggs. Um, I won't go into the details on that. But just putting that out there. Another project that could be successful, could not have heard different things about was Pavia. Now, the thing about Pavia is I don't really know who created it. (laughs) But what I do know is it's a community style NFT metaverse project aiming to create a Cardano blockchain metaverse, similar to Decentraland, except on Cardano. That's very interesting to me. They've already done their land sale. They've raised a ton of capital with their land sale. Am I interested in the longevity of it? Yes. Do we see a lot of volatility in the market? Absolutely. I've seen the floor price go all the way down to 70 ADA and jump back up to 125. I'm going to continue to buy on that one. So the ones, the the other things too is like play to earn games that I've covered. I kind of made a name for myself in play to earn gaming on the Binance Smart Chain. One economy in particular was Binary X, which we see the overall, you know, uh, coins that you get paid out and fluctuating right now, going on the downtrend, which is interesting. And it's interesting because it was going, it was just going up. And basically, it was just going up because they designed this interesting economy where essentially you have dungeons and then you have mining and then you have upgrading of characters and then you have a marketplace. 
And all these things ultimately burn some of their tokens, produces revenue, so that way they can get more rewards. It was a very well thought out economy. I said on my channel back in, gosh, it would have been all the way back maybe a couple of months ago, that this was definitely one to watch because they set out with a strong economy that was fixed. They weren't thinking of changing it. And I still stand by that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, one thing too about Binary X was though it was a good call, I just also want to mention like viruses, like Lion Legends, there's also some play to earn games that weren't, you know, the best of calls and those, those should also be recognized and mentioned as well. I remember one of my calls that wasn't, you know, a great call just to give you some perspective, but I still believe in, like, I think where I get caught is if I try to do a BitBoy prediction video on like, this will happen by this time, I always get caught. But when I, when I tell you guys something that I think could be a winner in the space and maybe a longer term hold, my success rate does go up by quite a bit <laughs> just because I'm not pertaining myself to any length and time. And I've learned as a content creator that that can be quite dangerous to do. Not really for my brand because I'm telling you guys that, listen, like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not a financial advisor, but more for just my own score, you know, anyways, Things like Lion Legends, I'm going to put them in the category of buy a couple if you can afford to lose the money, watch it, and see what happens. Things like Binary X that have already proven successful, this is also an interesting, dangerous spot too because from if you've gotten success in any play-to-earn game, then the question becomes, do you continue to hodl? Do you pull out? Do you just wait it out? So, and, and what kind of success can you expect if you do just wait it out? Another thing that's interesting. So, Binary X, I'd say I'm going to just continue to hodl my assets on. And honestly, whatever it does, I'm happy with it because this project has just ROI'd so many times for me in such a short time that I don't really care anymore. I'm just going to continue to say, okay, Binary X, you've done well by me. Let's see what happens. And if everything goes to zero, that's okay because invest responsibly. <laughs> so let's see here. Just looking at my content. Uh, another interesting nuance to this market is the difference between investors like me who are looking for a little bit more of a, is this a security? Is it not a security? I'm going to, if I'm able to invest in it, I'm going to just invest enough that I can afford to lose because I don't really know because there's not really a lot of regulatory clarity for us investors. And that's an added additional layer of risk opposed to investing in something like Bitcoin. So I figured I'd just mention that. Um, another thing too that I should also discuss just looking at all these things is we're heading to the metaverse. What'd you guys think about Facebook's rebrand to Meta? <laughs> that was a very interesting piece of news. And if you've noticed, if you've watched any of the major sports channels, the Oculus, Beat Saber, they're running commercials like a, a mother trucker. And what they're doing, in my humble opinion, 
is they're actually giving us insights into what the basic concepts of the metaverse are without having to get too wordy. And honestly, there's a few things I could talk about here. So let me just say it like this. The one thing that I think is great about this is a lot of people are going to be educated that VR is not some phenomenon. It's not going to happen. I remember talking to this old lady. And basically, I think it was, <laughs> I'm not sure who it was. It may have been a client back in the day. It might. Have, I don't know if it was a client. It may have been, it may have been someone I worked with or a client. And I was explaining them. I was explaining them. And it's not like they were not bright. They were a very, it was a very bright person, if I recall. That's why I even opened up this dialogue with, with them at the time. But I think they were like 70, somewhere around that, or maybe not even 70, actually. I think they were like 50. <laughs> and I remember opening up this dialogue where I was just like, so yeah, I mean, VR is coming and, and we're all going to be um, probably showing houses in our VR headsets to other people that are wearing VR headsets. We're going to be able to be real estate uh, agents. We're going to be able to be insurance brokers. We're going to be able to be uh, financiers all from our own house or real estate investors all from our own house because we're going to have a knowledgeable realtor there to basically show us an investment property because it will have a Matterport, it will have a full scan, so on and so forth. And this was like four or five years ago, maybe, okay? And basically, I just remember how funny it was thinking her response was this. Yes, I know that will happen. And it will probably be, it will probably happen when we're all dead. Like, like meaning that it was going to happen so far away, so far away, in fact, that not only her, but me being a 20, maybe even at that time, younger year old would be dead by the time that we get VR. And I mean, that just like really made me chuckle inside. I didn't fight her on that but I just think that this stuff is now that uh, Facebook has rebranded the meta guys it's it's going to happen right now because Facebook has so much money to put into marketing and they're not just going to market on TV they're not just going to market on Spotify podcasts things of that nature they're going to market every single place that they can including Facebook and why are they going to market? Well, I don't think they're going to market to explain why their product is better than another VR product. I think they're going to market for one purpose, to educate the mainstream that VR is already here and here's why you should get it. And that's a powerful, powerful thing because that's going to pull a lot of people in to NFTs, to crypto, to VR that think that this is all just preposterous, okay? A lot of knowledgeable people don't understand that crypto, same with NFTs, same with the metaverse, is like anything else. There's parts of it that are just ridiculous and probably shouldn't have the valuations that they have. And then there's parts of it that actually have a sincere utility and are disruptive technologies that will absolutely be game changing. So... The other facet of Facebook changing to Meta, in my opinion, is that with Facebook rebranding to Meta, we've also seen this backlash of 
the crypto communities. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm not going to use Facebook Meta. Okay. If it provides me a way to learn more about VR and about marketing in a virtual reality world and space, and it provides me access to, I don't know, other people to teach them about crypto and whatever I want to teach them about, but I'm just thinking for my YouTube channel about decentralization, then I'm all for it. But here's the thing, the backlash that I'm getting, not only for saying that, but also that Facebook is getting, is that it's, and I've actually tweeted this first, when I first heard about it, I was like, geez, I'm torn, because Facebook's metaverse is going to be so centralized, probably, but their marketing is going to help educate the masses on all the things that I really believe in. And it's kind of like taking one one step forward by taking one step backwards in my view. Will Facebook profit from all their marketing? Absolutely. Nothing's going to destroy Facebook's metaverse anytime in the future that I can tell. Okay. But there's a lot of people in crypto, if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're one of them, who are kind of torn like me, or maybe you're a full out crypto maxi, which I would encourage more people to have an open mind with when it comes to this kind of stuff. What I mean is, yeah, it's great to have decentralization in uh, metaverse and not to have one centralized party stealing all your data and all these different things. But where's the accountability? Like I say, we let people choose what they want to do and explain to them the differences of using something like Decentraland to using something like Facebook's metaverse. That's just my thought process because I think ultimately people need to be able to use both products and be aware of what the differences are. Facebook's metaverse is going to blow the technical capabilities of something like a Decentraland out of the water. That's just a fact. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. They just have a lot more money. (laughs) They're probably going to make it sick. They've already invested years of research into metaverse and into VR because they acquired Oculus way back in the day, like I think 2016, or which is ridiculous. And they, I remember buying the Quest like three years ago and using it then. And people are just becoming aware that these things existed, that VR headsets existed. This was high quality VR three years ago. This wasn't just some cheap VR. This was like a high quality VR that feels similar to the ones that we have today. But Decentraland being around for a similar amount of time, I mean, as when, you know, the first Quest came out, it's it's interesting because if you use the Quest, you can see the difference between something like Decentraland and something like the Oculus. Now, with the metaverse in Facebook, Facebook is definitely going to allow you to keep and hold your NFTs. And that's the biggest difference currently between Decentraland and Facebook's meta, which I'm, I'm viewing. The other thing is land. And I don't think that these things need to be direct competitors. I think that Facebook should build some sort of bridge that you can go to Decentraland. And in that regard, it could almost be viewed more as a, a amusement park <laughs> than anything else. Um, what I guess something that I'm trying to just iterate on is people think that the centralization of Facebook is 
just so horrible that we should all just close our eyes and ignore that it's even happening. But guys, like, I think that's a big mistake. I think in order to build quality metaverse projects that are decentralized, we need to be aware of what's happening with Facebook and exactly what they're doing because they're leading, they're about to lead the charge. Okay. Maybe not by being first, but by being best. And that's due to their extensive capital as well as their lead time to market and research these things. And they're also going to be educating the masses. There's going to be uh, probably a lower barrier to entry on something like an Oculus where all the instructions come when you get your headset to something like accessing VR on a crypto world like the central end. Uh, just because of the wallets that are required, the education of what crypto is that's required. And people are just starting to get this stuff, but it's going to take time. I mean, not everyone, I hate to say it, but just not everyone enjoys learning about finance. And to learn about crypto, you almost need to know a lot about finance. So, I mean, it's well, you don't need to know a lot about it, by the way, for any beginners that are trying to learn about crypto. It's just as you learn about crypto, you learn about finance. And if you don't have the passion for it, or the, even the little bit of interest, you could get very tired very quick and just want to stop learning. And I'm just trying to paint a picture that Facebook's meta is literally going to be successful. It's pretty much unstoppable. And I had this guy who follows me on Twitter, and he's a great... I, I, I love this guy. He's followed me, he's supported me. And he made a very interesting point. And he basically said that Facebook was going to be stealing your data while you're in the metaverse. They're going to be tracking everything you do. Like a lot of people do believe. Politics aside, by the way, because I know people, I'm not very political myself, but I know people on, on each side of the aisle, usually, or historically, I think in America, at least it was mostly, you know, the right wanted to protect people's security more so than the left. But now it's like everybody is being aware of just like being able to, you know, these platforms being able to see your data. And though I think that's a noble, you know, thing to to ask for, I I also try to remind uh, people that, look, what we should be focusing on is educating that these things are happening. Okay. I don't think that we need to control people's decisions to use a platform because they're going to use their data. I really don't. I think if people are educated, they can use their data and the company ends up, I guess, um, succeeding, then ultimately people need to be able to have a choice. And then we should also focus on building more platforms that don't do this to use, you know, don't steal users data. But hey, that stuff's way over my head. I'm just a humble crypto YouTuber. So obviously there's people way smarter than me probably working on that right now. I just think that as soon as you try to, you know, regulate too much on one side, it has a negative backlash that you don't see coming on the freedom side. Um, Either way, that's kind of dipping my toes into something that I don't know too much about. So I'll stay away from that. I think the biggest thing that's coming, though, is the metaverse, just to leave you guys on something here. I think you should invest in an Oculus. I think you should invest in some sort of VR headset. If you don't want to support Facebook and the Oculus, I mean, that's fine. That's okay. 
but just know that they're probably going to be exposing us to some ideas that will be used in some decentralized metaverse products. And by knowing those ideas beforehand, and by being able to recognize them in a decentralized format, I think you'll have a little bit of a lead as an investor if you're a VC. And I do have a lot of VCs that follow me. So it's kind of like that insight, I think would help if you can spend an hour a week on on Facebook's new meta. I think it's smart. If you're a business person, if you're not a VC, then it's also going to be very beneficial to you to start understanding how the metaverse works, how it operates, what it looks like, what you need for it, you know, space in your room, essentially, and how crazy it is. Because basically, you can scan your entire room with one of these headsets. You basically then are transported to, (laughs) visually at least, your own safe haven of a room designed for you that you can design. And whenever you go close to one of the walls in your room as you walk around, it actually shows you that you're like a foot or two away. So that way you don't injure yourself by swinging your arms playing Beat Saber. Guys, why is this mostly important if you're a business? Because depending on what kind of business you are, you may actually start to hire full-time metaverse employees. This has been an idea I've been thinking of since like probably six, six years ago. The first time I heard about the acquisition between Oculus and Facebook is you're going to be hiring virtual employees. I mean, if you're a service, if you're any type of informational service, if you're an educator, you're going to be hiring or even a retailer. I mean, retail going digital is probably the most exciting thing because when you have virtual targets and marshals that you can go to and they have your, I mean, people say that they don't want Facebook to know where you live and all that other stuff. But at the same time, guys, if they do know where you live, I mean, at some point, if you want the ease, like if you don't care, okay, and I'm not trying to trigger anybody, right? Because I do understand both sides of the opinion, but I just want to shed light on on why this is important to learn, not so much try to convince you guys on why um, not caring about getting your data stolen and Facebook knowing everything about your life. <laughs> I'm not trying to convince you that that's not scary because it is. It's totally scary. What I'm trying to say, though, is if they know where you live, then they can show you stores that ship to you. Those stores can all be scanned. And then the stock for those stores can be sold to you as NFTs and then shipped to your house directly. So you don't actually have to go to Marshalls. You don't actually have to go to Nordstrom. You don't have to go to all these places in person. You can just go right there. And if you think that that's not going to happen and that's and a lot of people aren't going to like that ease, I think you're dead wrong. I really do. I think that even if you want that in-person experience, there, there has to be some kind of recognition that as generations get older, the Generation Z is like the next thing. And I think most of us, all we freaking care about, I mean, myself, if I could go to the mall virtually, I'm not going physically. Like that, I, I get like, when I have to go shopping, I'll tell you, I get like, like, listen, my significant other loves it because she's, I don't know, she just loves it. She loves shopping. But for me, it's like, and some people will like it. That's true too. But for me, it's like, I'm usually a social butterfly. I'm okay posting my podcast and doing my YouTubes and stuff and talking to people about crypto. But as soon as you get me into a shop at the mall, my social anxiety, like I've never felt it more. (laughs) 
it's the craziest thing. But that's just me. And I think there's a lot of people like me that they can shop. If, if you are a retail supply chain store, then you're in trouble unless you go meta. And I think Facebook is one of the first platforms that's going to start to build these kind of infrastructures for businesses to go meta a lot quicker and easier. And that's because they need people on their platform because when people are using Facebook's metaverse to consume goods, Facebook can charge like a 1% or 2% um, service fee on every single virtual good that's bought and sold. And I think that like if they don't do that, they're going to do something similar where they have this virtual reality mall, if you will, and you can just search and be transported anywhere. And they can make money off of selling virtual land to stores and retail stores. Okay, instead of us charging 1%, you got to sign up and be part of our mall so that way we can list you on this huge search engine that people can just boom. Now they have their VR goggles. Now they're in your store. And people forget that Facebook's a business, okay? And they can do this a lot quicker than a lot of the blockchain decentralized, you know, decentral ads. They've They've already invested like over three years into this kind of, thinking with their first purchase of oculus being back in like 2016 let's look it up when did facebook because i don't want to i don't want to over exaggerate okay so it was like a couple years ago purchase oculus oh my god it's 2014 Guys, they've been working on this since 2014, and it's 2021. So they've literally been working on this for seven years. You don't think that they have a lot of stuff ready? No. I mean, the fact that they're even announcing this is going to be crazy. That's all I'm going to say. And they only purchased it for $2 billion. That's insane. In 2014, though, that probably seemed like a lot of money. But now, that's insane, considering what Oculus was doing at the time as well. All right, so that's the pod. Thank you guys and girls for listening to another episode of J Crypto. Be warned, if you miss out on this, you're not going to know what's going on. But if you want to support decentralization and you're a product manager, you're a dev, you're somebody that's looking for decentralized versions of this, I don't think that jumping on to this will actually like not allow you to do that. I think it will allow you to have like, you got to keep your enemies close, you know, if you're against that stuff. If you're not against that stuff, then yeah, I mean, this stuff is going to be super interesting to watch. If you're, if you're a fan of Facebook and you're, and you don't care about them taking your data, this is going to change the world. And that's very exciting. I just want to paint a narrative for both points of views because I'm kind of in the middle on that. Like, I understand why people would care, and I understand why people wouldn't. But ultimately, what I care about is what consumers care about. So I'm not really like a moral, like noble, um, I'm not trying to be noble here. I'm just trying to say, okay, what are, what are the humans going to really care about? What are the products that are going to be able to successfully be aligned with, um, you know, what humans will want to do and care about? And what I'm seeing right now is Facebook's going to absolutely take a huge market share for the mainstream. People that don't really care and already use Facebook will probably use it, I'm sorry to say. And that's going to keep it evolving a lot quicker. Therefore, they could be in the game a lot longer. I mean, 
it's unfortunate, but this is like their their response in a way to, I guess, like a lot of people saying that Facebook should be shut down. This puts them back in the game because, you know, if they kept going with just Facebook alone, that yeah, they might become obviously uh, like, what was that site that all the, you know, the when I was like a kid, you know, people like millennials would use, like the older millennials. It was like, um, let's look it up. Social media's social media timelines. I don't even know the name because it was, and I'm Gen Z, by the way. So, <laughs> what was it? Oh, MySpace. That's what it was called, MySpace. That was like a 2005 type of deal, I think. So it was like, you know, back in the day. But um, obviously that's like ancient history now with all the stuff that we have out. So shout out to all you MySpace users. I think you guys definitely were people that got to see it all happen. And I totally appreciate that. I can see why that could be really awesome. You definitely have a lot more, uh, you know, You've seen a lot more things, so that's great. You got more experience, right? That's huge. That's huge. Um, <laughs> anyways, guys, I'm just joking around. And just remember, go easy on me on this because it's a tough su- subject to cover since I'm a technologist as well and I want to see technology evolve. I can see that there's this debate going on of centralization and decentralization. I think Facebook's meta it was the best hand or the best card that was in Facebook's hand to play at this current moment, their timing was just amazing on that. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right, guys, so that's G Crypto. As always, thanks for watching or listening. Take care.